into the contest. It's Tuesday, the 15th of March. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, we were talking off air about the value of sleep. And I think as you get older, you look forward to every single hour, minute, moment you get to sleep, even when the kids don't want to go to bed. Mate, very, very true, Timmy. I feel fantastic today. I had 12 hours sleep last night, which is my biggest sleep. I went to bed very early. Uh, Look, I was that committed to sleep yesterday that I didn't even want to watch maths or SAS. <laughs> That's how serious I was. Um, but it's good to get a good good sleep in and uh, get a few hours in the bank, Timmy. Oh, that's outstanding. I don't think I've done it since I was about 10 years old. Now, you predicted it. You predicted it. Tom Brady, he's only been retired for a few weeks. He's making a comeback, so we'll talk about that. The Australian cricket team all over Pakistan like a a cheap suit. And, of course, Sean Russell at Parramatta, after scoring all those tries, is in trouble. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care. Targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. Now, Shane, all right, get your bragging out of the way. You said that uh, you said uh, on not one occasion, but multiple occasions, that you had a query over Tom Brady's retirement, and he's back the goat. He's back, mate. I predicted it the day he retired. I just think this guy is so competitive, and he's got a lot more to offer. And uh, I was right. He's he's definitely coming back now. He's going to play. He's going to suit up again for the Buccaneers. So um, interesting times for him. He's. Uh, I I just think. Um, the way he went out wasn't the way that I think the Tom Brady script should should go. And I think he's got at least one more year on him, mate. He's um, a lot of talent there and uh, may, maybe spend some time home with the wife and kids. Maybe did it for him. Well, is he going to go off in a Zimmer frame? How does how does a career end? Like, <laughs> the guy's almost as old as me. But uh, he had that exchange with Ronaldo, didn't he? And uh, there have been little uh, sort of hints along the way since he first sort of made that announcement that it may not be permanent. Yeah, well, um, yeah, Ronaldo asked him, he said, uh, you're finished, right? And he just responded with probably. So, um, yeah, he was giving a few little hints along the way. But, look, he, he, he still was right up there um, through the most yards uh, in, in the in the league last year. And uh, I just think he's got some some couple more things to do. I think he's a fantastic player, very competitive, as I said. And uh, the Buccaneers will love him coming back. Yeah, well, one guy that's not all that happy is a guy that bought – uh, his final throw ball. So basically, it was the final touchdown that Tom Brady throw through, and everyone <laughs> thought he's retiring. And the ball, I think, went in the last forty-eight hours for like seven hundred thousand dollars. But the value in that has just dropped through the floorboards. Yeah, it was his last pass uh, to wide receiver Mike Evans. Uh, the bidding started at one hundred thirty-eight thousand. It went for seven hundred fifteen k. 
it's probably worth about 38k now. <laughs> but hey, Timmy, if you're spending 715k on a ball, you've got plenty. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it is the risk. It's uh, it's it's gambling. It's a form of gambling, and you're taking a punt mm. quite literally when you do that kind of thing. Now, the Australian cricket team uh, over there in Pakistan at Karachi, they're all over. Um, their opposition scoring a, a massive total in the first innings. They they went through them like Epsom salts, didn't they, in the second? And Mitchell Swepson bowled well, Mitchell Stark bowled well. They did, mate. They lead by 448 runs. Uh, Australia would declared nine for 556. Five, uh, Pakistan all left for 148. Uh, Mitchell Stark took three for 29. Uh, Pat mm. Cummins one for 39. And Mitchell Swepson taking two for 32 off nine overs on debut. So well done to him. The amazing thing is that uh, Australia hasn't enforced the follow-on here. Uh, and Australia is one for 81 in the second innings. Usman Khawaja not out 35 again. Lebeshane Simla, he's, he's not out in the 30s. But I thought Pat Cummins should have sent him straight back in there. And uh, if they don't quite get these next 10 wickets in time, they fall a couple short. He'll come under serious pressure there. They should have definitely sent Pakistan back in. Yeah, well, the weather looks good. They've got a couple of days to go. I still think that Steve Ward decision a few years ago, a number of years ago now against India, still hangs in the mind of Australian cricket teams when they decide to uh, you know, enforce a follow-on or, or keep batting. So it'll be interesting to see how long they bat for. They've certainly got enough runs. They're bearing down on 500-run mm. lead. So uh, in very good nick with two days to play. What about that catch, England's, uh, England's World Cup catch? That was phenomenal. This is the most ridiculous catch I've ever seen. Um, her name is Nat Skyver. She was uh, went to uh, sort of hook or pull the short ball. The ball hit her hip, missed the bat. But after it hit her hip, uh, on a follow-through, the ball was hit by the back of her bat. She got caught at first slip, <laughs> which is a pretty good catch because when someone's playing a hook shot or a pull shot and you're standing at first slip, you don't necessarily get ready for a catch. But uh, it was sort of scooped backwards towards her and, uh, and a very, very unusual dismissal. Everyone in the cricketing world, particularly his family in the Victorian cricket community, would be holding their breath when Will Pukowski goes out to bat. He's, but he's done it. He's uh, He's gone out and he's scored a few runs for Victoria in the second 11. Yeah, just goes to show how fragile this guy is. Um, everyone's talking up. He only got 15. He faced 45 balls, and that's a big achievement. He's, he is a test batsman. Um, he's playing second 11. Uh, but yeah, I I, I don't high, hold high hopes for him to uh, to last any period of time. When he comes out against a real fast attack, they're going to give him an absolute barrage, and and inevitably one one ball is going to probably hit you in the head again. So uh, yeah, I, I just hope he get he's all right. This kid after he finishes. Yeah, me too. Agree, I agree. Uh, the special case, Nick Kyrgios and Tanasi Kokonakis, they caught the imagination of the sporting public during the Australian Open, as did Ash Barty, of course, with her win uh, in the singles at the Australian Open. But uh, these two guys were the crowd favourites, weren't they? They, they? they just, you know, they laughed along. They won the mm. doubles title. Uh, but they've had a loss, finally. They have. They lost to, I suppose, their... Um very similar combination, Jack um, Jack Sock and John Eisner, who are both predominantly singles players as well, and they play together whenever they can. Uh, so, you know, uh, Kokonakis and Kyrgios are both singles players first and foremost. Um, but, yeah, they lost 6-3, 7-6, and, uh, you yeah, know, hopefully that, they'll, they'll get their combination happening again. But, uh, yeah, Sock and Eisner are too good on this occasion. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much they do play together in the doubles. Look, we've got plenty to come. We've got all the footy, the AFL, the NRL, and much, much more. Afternoon. 
Now, West Coast coaches all starts on Wednesday, Shane. Uh, Adam Simpson tomorrow, the AFL season. Pleasantly surprised about Jack Darling's return, but there's still a whole lot of mystery, isn't there? There's a lot of mystery, and Adam Simpson would be very, very happy with Jack Darling coming back in. This is due to um, him not wanting to be vaccinated, Um, but mysteriously he's come back now, Um, but they're not revealing why. So I'm assuming he has to be vaccinated if he's playing in the AFL, Um, but they're not revealing that. I I don't quite understand this. That Darling will sit out round one anyway, and we know the West Coast has been decimated in the preseason matches with injuries. So Darling will sit out um, the first match due due to a little niggle, but he's still his conditioning is not up to scratch yet either because he hasn't been participating in the preseason due to him not being vaccinated. Yeah, look, they need they need as many players as they can possibly get. Um, there's yep. already people riding them off before uh, you know the first bounce. So uh, West Coast Eagles will watch that space with interest. Now, Parramatta winger Sean Russell is an outstanding player. He's only 19 years of age. If you watch this game, there wasn't a lot of tackling going on against the Gold Coast Titans, but <laughs> Parramatta got the chocolates in the end. He scored some tries, but uh, he ended up in a pretty bad way with that injury, didn't he? He sure did. We know he scored a first half hat trick. Um, and it, as Jaden Campbell came in with a tackle, knees first. Now, Jaden Campbell's been mm. cleared of any wrongdoing, but it's resulted uh, in the Parramatta uh, winger, Sean Russell, with two broken ribs and a punctured lung. So he's in yeah. hospital, which uh, I don't know how long that takes to recover, but I know anything to do with your ribs can take, can take months. Yeah, and, and the Bulldogs, Josh Adokar, he got nice and fired up against the Cowboys. It was a tight contest. I don't think the locals are very happy with the result because uh, it was so narrow. There'd been a lot of rain that day. But um, he's going to be a great addition on and off the field for them all season, isn't he? Josh Adokar, a guy that's played at every level. Yeah, the Fiery Fox. It goes to show why the Storm has been so good. All their players are so competitive and they don't take any shortcuts. And Adokar, and I quote here, used the thing that don't effing break. Um, the thing I couldn't um, believe about Adokar, he's only 26. Yeah. He seems a lot older, just the time he's been around and his wisdom. Um, but he's clearly going to be a leader in that Bulldogs team and, and, and a much-needed leader too. It's going to be Tapas and Sangria at 10 paces at the Rugby World Cup next year in 2023. <laughs> Spain's back. Spain's beaten Portugal in Madrid to qualify, and this is only the second time that the Spain, uh, the Spanish have qualified for a Rugby Union World Cup. The second time they qualified, they beat Portugal 33-28, to 28, um, and the paellas are being served as we speak, Timmy, and the sangria is out, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. Uh, and, of course, Sam Kerr, look, there's been all this drama at Chelsea, but uh, meanwhile the football continues to be played, and that was a brilliant goal. I mean, you could put that next to her name as part of her official name change by Deepol, couldn't you, Sam mm. Kerr? Uh, brilliant. She's just uh, she's just a, a winner, isn't she, uh, Sam Kerr? It was um, a dramatic win that they beat one. They won one nil over Aston Villa, um, but it was in stoppage time, and and she just seems to be in the right place at the right time, and um, took one on the chest and knocked it knocked it in the net, and um, yeah, a fantastic player and a real winner. There's always this sense of magic about the NBA. The players are larger than life, obviously, physically and and beyond the court. And uh, anything that is a little bit different gets picked up. What, what about this latest uh, NBA uniform fail? Well, it was the Memphis Grizzlies versus Oklahoma City. Uh, and Memphis have walked out in their home strip and they're playing away. 
uh, against Oklahoma. So both teams, when they were on the court, were all dressed in white. <laughs> and it took both the refs and, uh, and the crowd a few minutes to realise what was going on. So there was a little bit of confusion there. So Memphis had to go and get their uh, away strip on, so end up in black. Black apparel, as opposed to Oklahoma City, because it would have been quite confusing if they were all running around in very, very similar outfits. Oh, the officials and the commentators, that, that is so <laughs> difficult. Having commentated a, a number of sports, the hardest thing, particularly if you're in a commentary box far away, mm. basketball's a bit easier, obviously, but if teams have got similar strips, all the numbers sort of merge into the back, it's so, it's so hard to uh, get the names right. All right, buddy, now finally as we get a little nostalgic and look at sport from a different angle, what's the greatest sporting moment that you've watched live? Well, I've narrowed it down to three, Tim. Uh, the mm. first one, and I think this is first and foremost, it was the Sydney Olympics and it was Kathy Freeman. And just being there yeah. and part of that, to be part of that crowd, I still get goosebumps on my arms when I talk about this, but the whole build-up and the pressure that was on her, I think that was the greatest um, sporting moment from from an Australian perspective that I've ever witnessed. I was so proud to see her win that day. Number two would have been Steve Waugh when he scored that 100 off the last ball of the day at the SCG and just the crowd anticipation when he smashed that sort of ball off the off spinner through backward point to to score the four to bring up his 100. Yeah, Dawson. That was unbelievable and there's beers flowing and being thrown in the stands everywhere. And then the third would have been the Sydney Olympics as well, Tim. It was the beach volleyball. Mm. And um, just as a matter of fact, I didn't realise that there was even a ball in play for the first four games I watched. <laughs> that was great viewing. Yeah, it caught your imagination. I'd have to say, if I had to isolate one, and look, there's been many I've been fortunate enough to cover, lots of great sporting moments here and overseas, but I still think being a horse race-loving fan, um, Winks winning yeah. Queen Elizabeth Stakes, and being there, 35-odd uh, thousand people at Royal Ramwick, the atmosphere was just extraordinary. And the way that she had captured the imagination of people who didn't even like the sport or weren't close to the mm. sport, but just an amazing feat. Yeah, nothing quite like sport, Shane. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors in O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. Yeah, and I love the beer. I love all their varietals, to be honest with you, as I do our producer, our wonderful Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.